My name is Katie Bulmer. I'm a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who found out at the age of 23, a cute boyfriend and hunch punch won't actually fill my broken places. Shocker, I know. It turns out there's only one savior. After this realization, I met a youth pastor turned financial genius, unlike any frat boy I ever dated. So I married him. Together, we have mentored teens and 20-somethings for over 15 years. We've learned a lot of the common themes, struggles, and ways we can help. So we're doing a podcast. Here it is. You guys are going to love today's podcast. I'm chatting with Janine, a digital content creator and all-around wild heart who is passionate about living an abundant life. Janine is on the greatest adventure of her life, exploring the world and all the things that set her soul on fire like traveling and writing and encouraging others to keep it real. She's 29 years old and you can find her writing on her blog, hosting a podcast called Wild Hearts, so appropriate, and capturing beautiful people and places behind the scenes of her camera. Uh, By the way, her Instagram is a must follow. And today she's chatting with me on the podcast. All my single ladies, this one is for you. Hey, Janine. Hi, Katie. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay, first of all, I have to ask, where are you geographically right now? Geographically, I am in a really small town near Yorkshire in England. It's called, well, it's spelled Slaithwaite, but that's not how they say it. They say Slowit, Slowit. Um, okay. So that's where I am. It's a tiny town, basically between Manchester and Leeds in England. Okay, you guys, you're about to hear from Janine. Obviously, I had to ask that question out of the gate because she is quite the world traveler. She, well, you've just been all everywhere. So tell them where you are in your journey right now. Yeah, I'm in the UK. Uh, So I traveled Europe last year for almost five months and then came back this year to travel for another four months. But I'm focusing most of my time in the UK. Um, I fell in love with Ireland in particular. And so um, I'm currently making my way up England, staying with different friends um, or friends of friends along the way. And uh, I should make it to Ireland in just a few weeks. And I'll be spending the whole month of July there um, before making my way back to London uh, until the end of August. Yeah, I'll be traveling through the end of August in Europe. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let me back up. Janine, (laughs) I met her through the world of Instagram. We have a common friend, Ansley. Hey, Ansley. (laughs) And we were part of a mastermind group together, just women, um, encouraging women. Janine is 29 years old and I was just captivated by her just encouragement to go after all the things like, I think I want to go to Scotland. So I'm going to (laughs) go. I think I want to go travel the U S so I'm going to do that. And nothing holds you back. And I just love that. And so I thought that it'd be really fun to have you on the podcast. Oh, well, I'm so glad to be here. And honestly, like, it's kind of a miracle the way you describe me. It's kind of a miracle that that's the state I live in now because I used to be so scared of change. Um, and not very flexible. And that's something what we can talk about in a little bit, but, um, I think through the years and especially as I've grown as a woman, but as, as a, um, in my faith, I guess is a better way to say it. I've just learned that like flexibility is such a great, 
aspect of, of living and just being able to go with the flow, you just end up on all these adventures, regardless of what they look like. They don't have to look like cross country travel or anything like that, but, um, you just end up living a more adventurous life. I think when you're a little bit more flexible. Flexibility. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times when we're young, we're like, I need to do A, B and C, you know, graduate <laughs> college, get married, you know, chase my mm-hmm. career. And that's all fine, but that is very boxed in. And mm-hmm. I think you're kind of breaking that mold and I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So I just kind of threw a bunch of questions at you, but, um, obviously you're traveling the country right now, but tell us like, you know, how you got there, what you do for a living, that kind of thing. Sure. I mean, to backtrack, like before college, I was like a proper mess in high school. (laughs) I just kind of came out of a dysfunctional upbringing in some ways and therefore made some poor choices, but they shaped me into who I am. So that's good, I guess. Miraculously came to know Jesus when I was 17. I was a senior in high school and um, I kind of had a plan for what I was going to do for college. And it all kind of uh, crumbled right before um, that big faith moment for me and ended up actually going to a Christian university in California. I'm from California originally um, where I studied the Bible. And I also studied working with kids. And so I worked in ministry for two years. After that, I felt a nudge to move to Nashville, Tennessee. So I moved there. Yeah, (laughs) no, a nudge to just move, which was crazy um, and took me a while. Tell us about that for two seconds, (laughs) a nudge to just move. You need to unpack that for me. Um, (laughs) I mean, it just came up out of nowhere. I had a random thought and that's usually how I knew, how I know um, God's kind of trying to tell me something is when it's just a random thought out of nowhere. And it was the thought was, you know, you should think about moving to the South. And I was like, what? I've never even been there. Like that's, that's ridiculous. And, um, so I tried to ignore it and it just kept popping up. Like whether I was reading something or having a conversation, that thought kept popping up. And I was like, okay, this is something I have to lean into because I don't think it's going to go away. (laughs) Um, and Yeah. yeah, I talked to some people in my life who I really trust who are like mentors and, um, they encouraged me to, to visit. So we have, we had a mutual friend who lived in Atlanta. So I went to Atlanta for a few days. I had a friend from college who had just moved to Nashville. So I visited and just really loved that whole area of the country. It was beautiful, humid, which I had never experienced, yeah. <laughs> but it was beautiful and got back to California and just kind of knew I had a decision I needed to make as to whether I wanted to move or not. And at the time at the church I was working at, we had gone through uh, Financial Peace University, which is a course by yeah. Dave Ramsey. And um, we went through it as a staff, which was really incredible. And when I started talking about how I really loved Nashville and thought I might want to move there, uh, somebody who had led that course said, hey, you know, Dave's company is based there. You should just see if they have any job openings. And um, yeah, so I applied for a job at Ramsey. And oh, uh, that's so cool. It's really cool. What's What's crazy, though, is I moved without the guarantee of a job. Uh, just because I thought I was supposed to, it was, it was a complete leap of faith. I was terrified, but someone older than me and much, much wiser than me told me what's the worst thing that could happen if you move. And I realized the worst thing that could happen is it wouldn't, didn't work out and I would have to move back home. Um, and she basically was like, and is that really such a bad thing? And it just helped put into perspective that like, I could try this thing and if it fails, it fails. But what if I, what if it doesn't fail? Like, what if it goes really well? Will I always wonder if I don't try it? Um, So I moved without a job and 
ended up getting a job, which is good. Um, I love what you said, how you were terrified, but you went anyway. Like, I think a lot of people think people that are brave or people that move across the country um, are not afraid. Fear is, you know, a common ground we all can share. Mm-hmm. I think what stands you apart is you move forward with that fear, that fear. So yeah, I just that was awesome. Yeah. I feel like even when I traveled last year, I got a lot of people saying, you're so brave. You know, you're so courageous. I could never do that. And I would just kind of laugh because none, nothing about what I was doing. I didn't feel brave. I felt yeah. like I was really scared, but I was just doing it anyway. And I think that that's what what real bravery is, is knowing that yes. there's some risk involved, but saying yes anyway. Um, and then when, if you have faith, there's a whole other aspect to that where like you're, you're, you're saying yes, cause you believe God's going to come through. So, so anyway, I lived in Nashville for four years. I worked for Dave Ramsey there. And while I was there, um, I paid off all of my debt, which was student loans and my car loan. And I worked way too much. I worked about 70 to 80 hours a week for two years. Um, between multiple jobs. So it was a lot of time spent working, but I don't regret that, that period of life because obviously it's gotten me to where I am now. And and I paid off all my debt. And, um, my plan was to like do a celebratory trip to London when I was debt free, just to like kind of celebrate that milestone. Yeah. It was somewhere I'd always wanted to go. My aunt actually lives in London. And so she had always said I could come visit. And so I figured, okay, I'll have no debt. This is the perfect time. I'll go for like 10 days, maybe two weeks. And, um, again, you're going to hear about a lot of nudges, I think, but, uh, (laughs) I got a nudge, um, and a thought popped into my head again. And it was that like, you know, maybe this trip is supposed to be longer than that. And I, I remember thinking I'm, I'm pretty practical. I remember very clearly thinking, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't get that much vacation. Like there's no way I don't have that many days. And, um, again, it was something that just would not go away. It kept nagging at me in the best way and talked to some people that are wiser than I am about it. And, um, some people pointed out like, you know, Hey, if you think you're supposed to travel for a while, like this is kind of the time in your life to do it. You know, you're in your twenties, you're single, you have no debt. And just hearing it from other people and getting their perspective, I started to realize it wasn't as crazy as it sounded. And that kind of led me to where I am now. So I, I said, okay, well, I guess I'll do this. So I kept working for another 10 months and kept working that many hours to save, to travel, quit my job at Ramsey, you know, 10 months later and moved back to my home state and then prepared to start traveling last year. And but you work remotely. Oh, now I do. Yeah. So, well, I didn't, I quit my job at Ramsey, moved back to my home state without a job. I had a pretty good little nest egg from having worked so much. So my, my thought was I was going to kind of rest and take it easy for a few months before leaving for Europe. And a really great opportunity fell into my lap to work remotely, helping with some website design with a small company in the States. And Um, I was only working about eight hours a week and I was able to take that job with me while I traveled last year, which was incredible because it wasn't something I I necessarily needed or was counting on having, but it was a huge blessing because it ended up turning into a bigger job. I got a promotion and I still work with them today. I do website design and email marketing and it has afforded me the ability to continue traveling, which is wonderful. I love everything (laughs) about this. Okay. So how old were you when you quit your job and ran away to explore the world. <laughs> I was 27. Yeah, I was 27. Okay, so not too long ago. Yeah, I was, I was, I was just, I think actually I quit right after my last day was right after I turned 28. 
Okay. Well, what I'm loving about all of this is, you know, how many people would not be have that opportunity because mm. they are, first of all, are not debt free. You know, that's a whole nother um, episode, but how <laughs> incredible that you took that time to just focus on getting debt free. Like most people are like, how can I buy all the things that I don't even really want? <laughs> and you're like, how can I get debt free? I love that. And also you were not married, which is, you know, I think that a lot of young women are like, Oh, I want to get married. I want to get married. And yes, that's a cool thing to want. But right now being married and having two young daughters, I can't just, you know, Mm. go to Europe tomorrow. And I'm thankful for this opportunity, this stage that I'm in, but just want to point out like different stages of four different opportunities. And I'm just proud of that. You're seizing this opportunity. (laughs) I know a lot of young single women that are like, Oh, I'm just going to wait around for Prince Charming, (laughs) but why not become your best self? Get out of debt and go see the world, girlfriend. I love that. What's really neat too, is when I was contemplating before I had even decided I was going to quit my job and travel, I talked to, I just feel so fortunate. I had so many people who were, you know, just like a a season above me, you know, like 10 years older than me, maybe, um, to talk to about it. And so many of them, like ex, like an exorbitant amount of people said, I wish I would have done something like that. Or I wish I could, even some people said, I wish I could, but like, I'm married or I have kids. Like it gets a lot harder to just get up and travel when you have other people, you know, it just, or, or other commitments. And so, um, I got enough of that kind of reaction where I was like, yeah, I should, why wouldn't I do this? I think that's what it came down to. It was like, yeah, there are some reasons that it might be a little scary, but like, why wouldn't you do it? Because again, 10 years from now, I will, I have all these memories, I'll have all these memories and all these experiences, all these lessons learned or on the flip side, I could have had a lot of questions as to what could have happened if I would have said yes. So, well, I think it's incredible. And from a girl who is about 10 years older than you, yes. I mean, (laughs) it does not, I used to think, oh, well, I'll get married. And then my husband and I will both have jobs and we'll have money and time. And when you have jobs, you don't have vacation. And when you have a mortgage, you don't have as much, you know, flexibility. And then when you have children, you get to have to babysitter or you have more expenses with bringing them or, you know, it just, it doesn't get easier um, when you have a family. So for sure. Yes. To all the things you just said. (laughs) Okay. I want to talk about singleness for a minute. I love that you are exploring, like I said, just totally the picture of becoming your best self as a single woman. And Mm -hmm. this is something that is not talked about enough in our culture. So many young women are just looking for a guy to complete them, which is a whole nother subject. (laughs) But tell me about, you know, not waiting around for that, but instead just chasing your dreams and becoming your best self. Like, what does that look like for you? I mean, I don't know. I'm just doing it. Um, (laughs) I've been single for a while. My last uh, relationship was when I was in college. It was my, between my junior and senior year, we dated for almost a year and a half. And we broke up like, gosh, right before the last semester of senior year, which at a Christian college is basically when people are either getting engaged or breaking up. Um, because uh, yeah. you're kind of having those conversations on like, okay, well, college is coming to an end and, you know, quote unquote, the real, real world is coming for us and we're going to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, we broke up, which was honestly the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> I think because I, I was pretty committed to work and then I moved across the country and then I was, you know, working basically two full-time jobs to pay off debt. I just wasn't really 
paying attention to guys. And then once I was done paying off debt, I kind of came up for air and I realized like, oh, there's like a dating scene. Like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> this exists. I started to see what I started to see in the, the dating scene where I was living just wasn't something I really had the time or the patience for, if that makes sense. And where was it geographically at this point? It was Nashville. Nashville. And, okay. and obviously this is a blanket statement. It's not true for sure. all the things, but I just was like, this was also like three years ago. So yeah. I just was like, I don't know. And at that point too, I kind of had a vision for this, this traveling thing. And so I think I was like, I'm just going to kind of keep my head down and focus on, yeah. on this. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't been hard because, um, I, I, having gone to a small private school, a lot of my friends did get married right out of college. Um, I think that summer I graduated, I was in four weddings and I went to seven. Oh goodness. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. And then when I hit about 25 or 26, it seemed to be the second wave of my group of friends getting married. There was one summer that I went to five, I was living in Nashville And I went to five weddings and three of them were actually in different states. So, you know, and now I'm going to be 30 this year and it seems there's like another wave of people getting married and the wave of my friends starting to have kids, uh, which is amazing and so exciting. And I like, I'm so stoked to be all my friends, kids, aunt, like I just want to be aunt Janine and I want to tell them all these stories of traveling. And that's kind of like one of my little dreams All all to say singleness hasn't necessarily, uh, it might sound like I chose it, but I really haven't chosen it. If that makes sense. I did prioritize other things above it sometimes unintentionally and sometimes intentionally, but I'm, I mean, I'm a woman, like there's something in me that does desire to have a partner in life. Um, And I think that that's an important word to use is partner. I think a marriage is supposed to be a partnership and you can probably speak to that far better than I could. But I think that's something I have realized in this last year of traveling is it's so fun to get to do all of these things, but I think it would be so much better to have someone to do it with. But when I was traveling last year, I had a specific moment when I was in Ireland of just being really sad about um, feeling lonely. And I'm someone who can be on my own and be okay, but I also know I can teeter that line from being okay, being alone into loneliness really easily. So I've tried to uh, be discerning to know when it's loneliness. And so I was having a moment where I just did feel very lonely and I was praying about it. And I listened to a sermon from a church in New York City. They were, church? It's called Church of the City, NYC. Oh it's, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so incredible. I like listen to their sermons on their podcast every week. And their pastor, John Tyson, I just think does a really good job of, he just preaches really well. And I think he preaches things that other people might shy away from. And in this particular series was um, all these kind of controversial topics that the church doesn't talk about because it's hard. It's not easy things mm-hmm. to talk about but one of them was on singleness and dating. And truthfully, it was mostly focused on singleness. And I listened to it. Honestly, when my car broke down in Ireland, I was stuck on the side of the road, which is a whole nother story. (laughs) The car, like the car battery was dead. There was nothing I could do. I was waiting for someone to come tow away my car basically. And so I had this podcast downloaded and I was like, well, I might as well listen to it. And I just cried like the whole time. (laughs) But, But he pointed out some things that I think are so crucial that nobody talks about. And I think one of them, and this is a semi unpopular opinion in the sense that like people don't want to hear it. But, um, I think that oftentimes we kind of live 
like marriage is a guarantee in life, especially in Mm -hmm. the church, but nowhere in the Bible is marriage promised to us as believers. And anyway, he kind of talked a little bit about that and how the church doesn't really do a good job with single people. And especially the older, the older we're getting, like I'm almost 30. Don't tell me to go to the young adults group. That's full of 18 to 22 year olds. Like (laughs) that's not really, you don't want to go to the newlywed class either. Right. So there's this weird in between and in, in singleness. And, but I like think that the more I've leaned into it and been honest about my feelings about being single, which sometimes I'm so stoked about being single. Like I'm like, I can go do these things. I can say yes when God's asks me to do something and not have to consider how that affects another person. My, my time that I've been given is just mine and the resources I have are just mine. And it's easier to make decisions in that regard. But then there's also that like, you're seeing as, as you get older, more people are moving into new spaces and places and seasons. And you can kind of feel like you've been left behind, which isn't true. Um, I think the other problem I have with the way that being single is dealt with is that sometimes it's like we see marriage as a, as a vertical move, like it's moving Mm -hmm. up into a new level, but really it's very lateral. I don't think marriage isn't better. It has, it has its own gifts. It's different. It's just different. And so I think just kind of leveling that playing field in my mind to realize like, yes, this friend might be married and starting their family, but look at what you get to do because of the season that you're in. Um, And maybe this season is forever, or maybe it's just for a little bit. Like there's no way to really know that's not how life works, right? We don't have the whole playbook, but embrace where you're at because there's opportunities experience right in front of you. And there are people to meet and places to see and and, and ways to exercise your gifts and your passions. And if someone comes along in the middle of that, how amazing if you're both fully living in your purpose and your calling, and then you come together because you're not going to complete one another. That's not really how it works. <laughs> um, because putting that kind of pressure on another person is just like set up to failure, right? Because yes. you can't. I can't complete another person and another person can't complete me. The only thing that's going to complete us is, well, God, but then also fully living in our gifts and our passions and our calling. And then if you can come together, it's almost like if you're on two different, two different roads and then all of a sudden they come into one, like how beautiful. So for me, singleness is my state, but it's not my identity. And so I'm just kind of, learning to embrace each day as it comes and trusting that if someone's going to come along, it's going to be at the right time. But also knowing if no one comes along, I'm going to be okay. But I'm also just really honest with people and with God about all of that. I'm like raising my hands in my closet, like, (laughs) yes, sister. Yes. (laughs) Because I literally just had a conversation yesterday with a girl on the podcast and she, and I feel like 900% is that a percent of, of other young women and myself included, we're looking for a man to complete us. And as you mm-hmm. said, that is unfair and impossible because even the best, you know, my husband is a wonderful person, but he cannot complete me. Right. Um, I have one savior and he is not it. Now he can compliment me and I can mm-hmm. compliment him. And that is a partnership. As you said, that partnership, but I, and I was just so, you know, I was 24 when I get married and I'm thankful, obviously, but looking back, I felt like I was an infant, <laughs> like a baby. And and I did not enjoy those single times because I was just looking 
forward to that next life stage so mm-hmm. much. And I love everything you're saying because again, single women, men as well are not taught. Yes. You know, marriage is great and look for that, but don't let that be your sole focus because there's so much to enjoy in the meantime. And as you said, it's not, it's not better. It's just different. And there's different things to be enjoyed in each season. So mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. And amen <laughs> to everything you just said. Oh my gosh. And then on the other side of this, you know, I did get married young and I haven't married mm-hmm. for gosh, I think almost 14 years. Oh, so yay. right, right? <laughs> so fun. A marriage is wonderful, but it's not like we rode off into the sunset and you know, our romance culture, I believe, is just mm-hmm. what's taught us. You say I do, and then your life is filled with sunshine and rainbows and you ride around on matching unicorns every day. <laughs> and um Turns out, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> marriage is, is wonderful and hard and it's too selfish yeah. people. Yeah. Learning to become unselfish, learning to, to live together and love together and mm-hmm. learn what unconditional love really even looks like. And mm-hmm. it's for sure a learning process. And I'm thankful for every bit of it. I, yeah. Can I tack on? Yes. I think we view marriage somewhere in our subconscious. We think marriage, if when we're not married, <laughs> is like what we see in the movies <laughs> yeah, where it's yeah. just like amazing and, and perfect. And, and I mean, obviously there's, we see conflict every once in a while, but I just think that we've kind of as a culture idolized what marriage is. And like, when you look at the Bible, it says something a little bit different. And I think the other thing that we do is we, we think that marriage makes life a lot easier I think there are some definitely parts of marriage that make life better, but I also think it's harder (laughs) from from what I've gathered from some of my married friends. Like it's really beautiful and you're able to do things that you couldn't do if you were single, but it's harder because you you have a partner. Okay. There's a quote. I just feel like I have to share it because it's, yeah, I try to live by it. I don't always do the best, but he's a missionary named Jim Elliott. He is long, long gone. There's a quote by him that says, wherever you are, be all there. And I tried. Yeah, isn't it so good? I mean, for so many different aspects of life, but I've really tried to, to intertwine it with my, where I'm at relationally. And as I'm single, I want to be fully present in being a single person. And then if I'm, if I get married, I want to be fully present as a wife. But yeah, just kind of remembering that no matter where you are, there's purpose and intention in that space. And remembering that one's not better than the other. They're just different, different beauty. Yes. So true. Do you, um, have you read anything by Gary Thomas? He wrote sacred marriage and the sacred search. I think I read the sacred search cause I wasn't married yeah. yet. So. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> the sacred search, by the way, single women mm-hmm. download it, buy it immediately. So freaking Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yes. We actually saw him at a marriage conference and got to see him speak and stuff. One of his famous quotes is what if marriage is designed to make you holy instead of just make you happy. So we're mm. in this like, Oh, well he doesn't make me happy anymore or oh well do what makes you happy and like marriage is a refining process Mm -hmm. where I am a pain in the butt one day and my husband loves me anyway and then the (laughs) next day the card you know it switches although Mm -hmm. I'm usually the one who's been (laughs) he's so constant and so sweet but anyway and it is true it's a refining process so we look at marriage as this goal where everything is perfect and and it's truly just 
I can't say enough, just a refining process. So I love that quote from, um, but anyway, Gary Thomas has a lot of good stuff on marriage and dating and all the things. Okay. (laughs) So I am loving where your life is today. I Mm -hmm. love how you look at it and you're being all there in your singleness. Love, love, love. Do you have or want to even have a five-year plan? I'm just curious where you picture yourself (laughs) in five years. (laughs) Um, Five years from now, I think... I think I definitely still want to be traveling. I don't think it will be at this capacity where like I've, I've been living out of a suitcase for 12 months at this point. Wow. Oh, wait, this is actually really crazy. The other day I was like, I wonder how many different beds I've slept in in the last 13 or 14 months. And so I added it all up and it's 65, 65. Dang, Janine. That's bananas. It's, it's more than a bed a week. I was like, that's crazy. This is you're, not you're my, you're my favorite gypsy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I think yeah. it's a really cool season. I don't think it's sustainable in the long term, particularly yeah. because uh, you don't have consistent community. And that's probably been the hardest part for me. Um, that makes sense. I can't be consistent phys- physically uh, because I'm not consistent geographically. And so it's hard to stay uh, super connected with a group of people. And I feel like the, the life of faith is somewhere in the middle. Um, because it is that like, you know, you want to, you want to have some roots and you want to have that community because that's really what the church should be. Right. Is this community who loves one another and takes care of one another. So you can't be like just flitting about all the time, but then at the same time, you don't want to be so tethered to a place or to a people that when God asks you to do something that would pull you away from that, you'd be unwilling to go. And so it's just this like weird little, I think I'm learning a lot in that kind of living in that tension, but my worldview has just expanded so much in the sense that I realize God is so much bigger than I could have ever imagined. And yet so much more intentional than I ever imagined at the same time. So hopefully I'll still be traveling. But like I said, I want to have some roots somewhere. Um, you just said something that sparked a question for me. Okay. So before we just moved to Chattanooga about two years ago and before that we were in a small town for forever and Mm -hmm. in a small town, everyone knows, you know, where you go to church, where your kids go to school. You cannot go to Walmart without seeing 10 people, you know, (laughs) you know, it's good because you have this community, but I did not realize it until we moved, but my world had become Statesboro, Georgia. Shout out Mm. to Statesboro. I love you. But what I, what I'm getting at is like how limited my worldview had become because I wasn't traveling. I wasn't getting out of that box mm-hmm. of the person at my church and the person at my gym, you know, that, that is not my entire world. So yeah, just like for a second, say what it looks like to have such a bigger worldview, because, you know, sometimes we think, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so cheated on me and all my friends know, and the whole world is crashing down on me. Mm. Well, that whole world is you and 10 sorority sisters. And you know what I mean? Like that's Mm -hmm. just such a limited view. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Can you speak into that? Yeah. I think it can be really all too easy to think that our world is the world and our, you know, our little sphere of what we know and what's comfortable is, is not, it's not everything that is out there. And I would, I mean, I don't think everybody should travel the way that I have like to experience more of the world, but even just like get, just getting out of your town for like a day or two can just help you kind of reframe and, and get a new perspective. And, and it is hard when, 
all you know is what you know, right? It can be uncomfortable to kind of get out of those comfort zones and those safe places. But I think that in those uncomfortable, unknown places that God wants to bring you into, he's going to teach you a lot of things. So literally, if it's just a weekend away or, you know, deciding that you're going to change up your local coffee shop that you go to, like just making little changes, I think can just expand what your world looks like. There's so many people and so many things to see and places to go. And, um, and, and yet you also still have your, your thing, your place, your friends, your, but you just, you get to learn more about the world. And then I think in turn, I think this is the biggest thing. You learn a lot about yourself when you're in a new place or an uncomfortable place you have to kind of tune in a lot to what you're thinking and what you're feeling and, and then what God wants to, to tell you or share with you or show you. And you end up realizing you're a lot more capable than you thought you were. You're a lot smarter than you thought you were a lot stronger. And from there, I just think God does so much and he just continues to bring you into like new territories which is really neat. So there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with staying in one place for a long time because that might be exactly where you're supposed to be. But I think just being willing to say yes, when you feel that nudge, I guess, to do something new, whether it's something big or something small. And again, you determine what's big or small, right? Being willing to say yes, God will expand your worldview, regardless of what that looks like. Yeah. And even if you don't travel, I think for me, my worldview opened up when I got to know people unlike me, you know what I mean? Like people from different areas of the country, people that talk or believe or whatever different Mm -hmm. because staying in the same bubble, you know, it's just a very limited worldview. So yeah, I think it's really limited. I don't actually think it's very um, healthy. I think it's, it's, it's really good for you as an individual, but then also culture at large for every, for us to be interacting with people who are different than us. Um, Because ultimately we're all made by the same creator. There's so much beauty to be seen and and so much that can refine what you believe too, when you have conversations or relationships with people who don't believe the same. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you for 50 more years, <laughs> but in the off chance people don't want to listen to that. Shocker. <laughs> um, can you tell me something like if you could have coffee with your 18 year old self, what would you say? <laughs> I actually, I was looking at this question before we hopped on and I started laughing <laughs> because I yeah. would literally, I would literally tell myself to calm down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think down. I would, yeah, I would tell myself to calm down and stop trying to control everything. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Cause I came from a semi-dysfunctional childhood. Um, just, I had to grow up really quickly and I was really independent and self-sufficient at a young age because I had to be. And so as a result into my late teens and early twenties, I, did this thing where I like grasped for any sense of control and it just ended up, it ended up limiting me in a lot of ways because then when things wouldn't go according, this goes back to the flexibility I talked about earlier, but when things wouldn't go or didn't go according to the plan I had or the idea I had, it was almost like I would freak out and like have a mini meltdown because I hadn't planned for this. And so then, you know, my plans would go, to the wayside and I'd have to like really quickly try to adjust, but I was never good at adjusting because it was so hard for me. So yeah, I would just say like, just stop trying to control everything because 
when you lean in to the right here and the right now, and when you are spending time in the word and tuning into God's voice, like he is going to lead you into new, new spaces and new depths. And there, like your life is going to end up being full of the most important things. And that's his presence and his peace. And he is ultimately anyway, going to direct you the way he wants you to go which are almost always not your plans because his are so much better. Be a little bit more flexible because there's a current that's already flowing. Like God's kingdom is a current and it's this like river and it's long and there's so much happening. And the more you try and stick right where you are, the harder it's going to be. Like there's going to be so much resistance, but if you're just going to be willing to go with the flow and go where God wants you to go, it's going to be the most beautiful journey. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. This is beautiful. <laughs> I'm Don't writing cry. this down. I'm writing it down because that is like so quote worthy, girlfriend. That, uh, totally going to have to share that on our Insta when this goes live. <laughs> I've just loved every moment about talking with you. If you are not already impressed like I am, um, Janine also has a podcast, which is explains to me <laughs> why just she's just so interesting and has so many much more things to share. But if people want more of you, how can they find you? Yeah, well, I guess I'm really only on Instagram. My my handle is at Janine and it's spelled very differently. It's G E N N E A N. And my website and blog is Janine.com, which is crazy, but that is my website. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and then I do have a podcast. It's wild hearts with Janine and it's similar to this format. Really. I just sit down and talk with friends about different topics and um, I'm really passionate about people living their fullest and most abundant life. And so talking around different topics, I think that that coincide with kind of living your living in freedom and in that abundant place. So that's kind of where I'm at. And you're nailing it. And your Instagram is beautiful. She's also a photographer. And I just like (laughs) slightly drool every time I see her come across my feed. It's so beautiful. You're very kind. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Janine, thank you so much. You guys go follow her. You're gonna love it. (laughs) Thanks, Katie. It's been an honor. Hey, if you love this episode, well, I'd love your feedback. Head on over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast and leave a review. Reviews help us know what you love, what topics you want covered next, and help others to find us. Hey, speaking of which, if you have a friend in mind who could really benefit from today's show, take a screenshot, like right now, of this episode, share it on your Insta story, and give me a tag so I can thank you. I'm at katiebulmer.life, and we really appreciate you spreading the word. Thanks so much for joining us today on Truth For Your 20s.